0: I think we ne- nearly didn't have any time for Angela because I thought Abby was going to go for it. She was going to be preaching this morning. Um, absolutely brilliant. It is my privilege to uh, um, welcome Angela uh, up. She's going to be speaking. Angela and Greg have been with us for the weekend. They have served us outstandingly well, I thought, particularly uh, what Angela was sharing yesterday in, in the whole, whole connection, actually, of spiritual warfare. And uh, uh, how we close doors in our own lives and we make sure that we're on track and we're following God was absolutely outstanding. I know she's going to serve us excellently uh, this morning. So can we give her the biggest round of applause um, as she comes up?
1: Oh, wasn't that a row and a half in worship, eh? Oh, I love singing about Jesus. He is magnificent, absolutely magnificent. I just love him to bits. And if you are somebody, a visitor here today and not a, a follower of Jesus yet, oh, today is your day. We want, it is. We want to welcome you. We want to talk to you. We want to introduce you to him because he, he's just put a passion in our hearts for him and also for you. And... I feel the the prophetic message I carry is for the awakening of the church. And so, in worship, we have given, I love the Lord your God with all your heart. And we've passionately called our team the name of Jesus. Oh, name above all names. And speaking that, you have no rival. You have no equal. Whoa, you know. It just... Is amazing because it's true. It's just true. It's true. But then Jesus also said the second commandment is like unto it love your neighbor as yourself. So as we worship him, he fills us to overflowing so that we can actually pour out into a waiting world. Others, we're keeping it all to ourselves, and we're enjoying the joy of the Lord for ourselves. And there's a waiting world out there. And I just believe God has given me such a passion for the church. Oh, I love the church. And that doesn't mean I don't know the hassles and the pain and all those things that go with being church. But we're the bride of Christ. Jesus is the head and we're the body. With all our little things and our disagreements and grievances and so on, the church is so powerful, so powerful. You know, he's came and he's saved each one of us, or we become his followers, and he brings us together as the church triumphant. Even with all our foibles, we are the church triumphant, already washed, prepared as a bride for him. The glorious church, that's us. Even if we don't feel like it or we're a bit miserable, that is our role and our title is we are the church. We are individuals, but together we are the church. Oh, my word. And you know what? We can do more together than apart. Um, For you who know the new frontiers, who've come with new frontiers a long way, I'm kind of years and years born and bred, new frontiers – And we've had this kind of motto, we can do more together than apart. And it is. We're not individuals in this battle. To be an individual is quite hard. We need each other. We are the church triumphant. Together, we can do so much. You can do so much in Hastings and beyond. And if you're a visitor from another church in another place, same thing applies to you. The church in this nation is marvelous. And Greg and I have the privilege of, I'm part of the staff of City Church Cambridge, which is a New Frontiers church. Um, But I also travel, we travel widely around the UK and into Europe and so on. But in the UK, may I tell you, the church is doing well. The news doesn't tell us, but the church is doing well. And I need to tell you that because sometimes we think it's just us here. Just us. And I want to read to you a letter. You've heard of Pete Gregg, the 24-7 man? Started prayer meetings some years ago. God spoke to him. And all, here in the UK and all over the world, he has started these prayer meetings <clears throat> that go on 24 hours a day throughout the UK in different churches, denominations, and so on. And, um, and God has just put this uh, anointing on him to get prayer going. And something is rising in this nation of prayer that we haven't really seen before. It's been a long time since there's been so much prayer going on. Because, you know, the weekend, it was all about equipping the army. Because there's this this sniff of revival. And it's not the, ooh, here comes revival that... Uh, you know, let's read all the books, and it's just something that God's doing in the church of cleaning us up and making us strong and giving us passion, giving us passion for Him and the nation, and so on. And Pete Gregg was raised up for such a time as this. And this Pete Gregg wrote a letter, the letter of Pete Craig to the to the UK Church. Dear church. The Lord is doing a new thing among us. There's a new urgency in our hearts. A new spring in our steps. Saint Augustine said that God rubs salt on our lips to provoke a keener thirst for his presence. You got salty lips? Got salty lips? Ask him to make your lips so salty. For a thirst for his presence. And as I, Pete... Travel around the UK praying and talking with a lot of leaders, I see more and more salty lips. It's not just Yane Hastings, it's all over. Something is rising. But here, something is rising. Something is rising. The Spirit seems to be bringing us to our knees and calling us to cooperate in new ways for kingdom for a kingdom beyond our little empires. He goes on to say, this is not mere rhetoric. There are empirical reasons to rejoice. Dynamic new churches are being planted in many traditions. The Methodists have partnered with a pioneer network to renew dividing congregations and And to repopulate empty buildings. Do you ever read this in the news? We don't hear this. We hear the negative. Vineyard churches are multiplying fast. Anglicans are replanting vibrant congregations in depleted parishes. The bishop in his diocese, um, Pete, just announced plans to establish a hundred new worshipping communities in the next ten years. Um, this would have been unthinkable a few years, years ago. And if you think, you've just two weeks, is it two weeks ago, sent out a Bexhill uh, congregation. Isn't it amazing? God is doing something. The church is multiplying and this these pockets of power all over this land. In London, the church has been growing faster than the population for several years. I will read it again. In London, the church has been growing faster than the population for several years. And you know, London is big. And London is well populated, but the church is growing faster. Amazing. It's a remarkable answer to prayer and, a, and clear evidence that the tide is turning in our capital. Pete Gregg says, the last time I preached at Holy Trinity Brompton, I spoke at seven of ten mostly packed services across two sites. What is this? What is happening? Isn't this exciting, exciting, exciting news? This is the Jesus who we've just declared. He has no rival. He has no equal. He's on the move. He's on the move. He hears the cry of the nation. He knows what's going on. He knows things are shaking a bit. And he's roaring, come on church. I'm putting a new oomph in you, a new passion, a new power. I'm trying to pick out bits and pieces. The Redeemed Christian Church of God has planted 720 churches over the last 20 years from Newport in South Wales to South End on Sea. You know, and sometimes one can feel all alone. It's us against the world. But actually, the Lord is really moving very swiftly in this nation. And uh, this redeemed church, Christian church, they regularly gather 40,000 people to pray all night at London's Excel Center. God is calling people to pray. There's a passion to pray. There are little prayer meetings and big prayer meetings rising up. The more the enemy tries to knock this nation with instability, the more God brings his spirit on his people to pray. It's pray, call, because he's coming. He has come, and he is coming. He has come, and he is coming. Lots of papers. Pete Gregg. These are days of remarkable opportunity for the church in the UK. These are days of remarkable opportunity for the church in the UK. The Spirit of God is calling us to wake up, to walk tall, to work and pray together in new ways. He sends us to go and make disciples of schools and streets and cities throughout Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland and England. And he gives us the most extraordinary promise that as we go, he will be with us always, to the very end of the age. Isn't that marvelous? Are you part of this? You want to be part of this? We, when when we do end, it's going to be with a commissioning. And so I'm just saying to you already, I'm going to call. Are you ready? You know, it's like gathering you together. You've sent out a whole army of people. And tonight there's another army of you. But now, you, are, are we in this? Are we going to gather? And not, not kind of weep about, I miss, I miss my next best friend. They've gone to Bexhill, And there's a few empty chairs. It's, whoa, no, come on, Lord. Fill these empty chairs. Come on, Lord. Terry Virgo who started our movement of churches. He says, Terry Virgo is praying for revival. Wherever he goes, he speaks on revival now. And he doesn't do it lightly. It's like God has stirred him and he calls prayer meetings all over um, for, for revival. And we're just joining in those prayers. We're joining in with all these denominations and people praying. And Terry says... The nation has lost its Christian orientation. Would you agree? Only revival can stem the tide. He says the government cannot legislate for for righteousness. It will only reflect the national morality. Governments will always only reflect the national morality. Only a spiritual awakening of real magnitude can, ar- can arrest the drift and provide the upcoming generation with a true challenge of the gospel. And he goes on to say, Elijah was raised up, raised up by God to plead for nation-humbling drought and then for merciful rain. May God teach us to pray with wisdom and strength So much has changed in a similar period of time as in Elijah's time. In our nation, in some ways it it has become unrecognizable. When political... I won't read that bit. The Christian commitment and and gospel values are thoroughly marginalized. Do you agree? By definition, revival starts... Where does it start? Within the church. You know, I've got lots of books on revival. I've uh, studied it at Bible college. I've got these books and I read and it's all, it's all wonderful. And so often I used to think, well, revival is going to start, well, maybe in that town or that place or whatever. And, but you know, revival starts with us in the church with God coming and stirring us with a new longing to be whole and clean. He's washed us clean, but there's habits and patterns we spoke about yesterday that need to be broken. By definition, revival starts within the church. When we recognize more clearly our true identity and calling, we turn away from the contemporary idols that compromise our lives And give ourselves unreservedly to God. Elijah's call: not to hesitate between two opinions. Don't hesitate between two opinions. Well, it's this and it's that. And I'm this today and that tomorrow. I'm here on Sunday, but I'm in work tomorrow, and then I'm in work mode, and so something changes. Don't, don't go between two opinions. Has to come to the church first before it can be brought to a secular nation. God's call is for the the church first. Church first. Let's choose God. Like we did this morning, but as we go out that door, it's to have the same Jesus on our lips. The same thing. And then as we go, something happens in the nation. Evan Roberts, famous prayer in the Welsh revival of 1905, asked God first to bend the church, then break out on the nation. Bend the church, Lord, and break out on the nation. And it's quite a serious call, and I feel I carry this message, this prophetic message of, Come on, church! Come on, church! We are able? Are we able? We, we 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 spoke those words that he has done it all and you know every knee eventually will bow to him. Every knee will bow to him. We are not the tail. We are the head. But it's like society has made us feel like the tail. But we are not the tail, we're the head. You up for that? Yes. Is this a serious talk? <laughs> but it's a serious call. I really feel the serious, the weight of the call to the church. And where God takes me, it's because he says, well done, well done, well done. Now I want to commission you for more. You want more. We need, you know, we need the signs and wonders we've been longing for. It should just flow from us. The things that God has put inside us, it's our inheritance. We don't have to work at it. We are born again, filled with the spirit of God. And he comes and he revives this in us, and he restores us, and he washes us again and again and again. We wash clean once and for all, but we've got bits, bits that are not quite what they should be. And he comes and he washes us and washes us and puts, so, puts a passion in us for him and for the world. Love the Lord your God, love, love your neighbor, because we have a message for this nation. And the nations. We have a message for Hastings. Have you got a concern for where God has put you? Have you got a concern for Hastings? Is it a matter of, Father, use me. Use me. Use me. Holy Spirit, come. Do a work in us. Do a work in us. Of, oh, I want to carry revival. Revival. We are revival carriers. Revive me so that I can carry revival into a waiting world, into people who are struggling, into homes and and business and works and hospitals and schools. Because wherever we go as revival carriers, and whether you think you're one or not, you just are. If he's in you, you just are. It's a given. You're a revival carrier. And, Father, give us that mindset that wherever we go, into whichever buildings or whatever, revival is around us, follows us, because you are in us. And, Lord, you are the Lord of the dance. You are the Lord of revival. You are the Lord of everything. You own everything. Every knee will bow to you. Father, I want to ask that today there will be an exchange from feeling like the tail... In society, in our work, and in families, to being the head. Because the Bible says we are the head and not the tail. We are the head and not the tail. It's not arrogance. It's with great humility. Because we don't deserve anything. He just came. Do you know what? He just came. And he said, I love you so much. And I know that you sin. And you separated from God. But I will take your place. I'm going to hang. And take sin on me, the sin of the world. Not only your private sin, but the sin of the world. He took it on him and died in our place. And up comes the bride, the church. Because he didn't stay dead, he rose again. He rose again. He's alive. There was a saying sometime, God is dead. God isn't dead. He is alive. And he's roaring with love over this nation. He loves this nation. He loves the nation. And even though the news is sometimes negative, he just says, watch me now. And then he, he, he sends the angels. And they roar the name of Jesus together with the church. And the church rises. And like a mighty army. We go bringing compassion and love and the authority and gifts of healing and deliverance. And we we bring healing to people with mental health. And we bring hope and courage into a nation that is longing for the church in Jesus' name. And so if you are up for it, and there's no pressure, it's all grace. It really is all grace. I want you to come and invade empty spaces leave your chairs and come and but you're not coming to me and you're not coming to it's 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 like a it's like uh the army the 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 sergeant what's the highest one in the army general. the general the general the Lord Jesus the general of the army says Come, come, I want to encourage you into my ranks. I want to commission you again for the next season. You've done well this last, but there's new battles, new wars. It's a new season. Will you come for commissioning? And so I I welcome you wherever in the front to come and invade the place. And we're going to ask Jesus to come with anointing power. You up for that? Yeah, well, let's go. No, that was okay. Let's just let's just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to come. And you know, even if you haven't come forward, God comes to you in your seats. It's okay. It's not about the coming forward. This is just to loosen us up a bit. He comes wherever we are. He's, he's in the back. He's in every seat. He, he's so kind, he meets us anywhere. And um, in John 4, we, we, we've heard about the woman at the well. And Jesus tells her that, um, you know, he gives her word of knowledge. She hasn't had one husband but four and she's living with someone. And she's somebody who was not liked in her community. And, he, and, and she just gets this anointing and goes back into her community where she wasn't liked. And she says, I've met someone who knows everything about me. And this woman who was discredited in her community, they listened to her and they just ran past her to go and find Jesus. And then it says, the t- disciples had gone to find food and when they came back, Yes, Jesus talking to this woman. And then comes this multitude of people. And then it says, Then the disciples began to insist that Jesus eat some of the food they brought back from the village, saying, Teacher, you must eat something. But Jesus told them, Don't worry about me. I have eaten a meal you don't know about. You know what? As the church, we have eaten, and we eat a meal. He comes and he fills us with a, meal, well, with a meal that nobody knows about. He fills us. And then puzzled by this, the disciples began to discuss among themselves, did someone already bring, bring him food? Where did he get this meal? Then Jesus spoke up and he said, my food is to be doing the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. And you know Jesus ascended and he's seated on the right hand of the Father. And he's commissioned the church, full of the food of him, to do the job. To bring it to completion till he comes back. Isn't it amazing? Yes. As the crowds emerged from the village, Jesus said to his disciples, and I want you to hear this. Why would you say... The harvest is another four months away. You know, we're always waiting. We're always waiting. We're waiting for revival. We're waiting for something. We're waiting for the power of God to come. Then we will do. Why do we say the harvest is another four months away? Look at all the people coming. And they are. There's more people being saved in this nation than has been for years and years. There's more testimonies of healing and deliverance and wholeness. And that's why churches are being planted all over. And that's why you've gone to Bexhill and, and eventually to St. Leonard's. And who knows where else? Yes. Because people are hungry. People are hungry. Now is harvest time. Not tomorrow. Not in a year's time when I'm a bit ready. Now is harvest time. For their hearts are like vast fields of ripened grain. The Lord has ripened the grain out there. Ready for a spiritual harvest. Church, are we ready as harvesters to go and do? Not waiting, but to go and do? And everyone who reaps these souls for eternal life will receive a reward. I'm quite into rewards. But I am. I want jewels to put at Jesus' feet. This one who I sang to and about this morning, I want jewels. I'm into rewards. Lord, bring it on. I want to obey you so I can lay these things at your feet. You up for that? The bigger the better, Lord. The bigger the better at your feet. And those who plant spiritual seeds and those who reap the harvest will celebrate together with great joy. It's not all about leading someone to the Lord. It's about dropping seeds. One, one sows, the other reaps. And this confirms the saying, one sows the seed and another reaps the harvest. I have sent you out to harvest a field that you haven't planted, where many others have labored long and hard before you. And now you are privileged to go and reap the harvest. Because for years in this nation people have prayed and called, and the time is now. The time is now to go and reap that you haven't even labored for, but then you do some laboring for the next generation and so on. Holy Spirit, come. Holy, whoa, Holy Spirit, will you come? See your people, Lord. See your people ready for action, ready for war on the enemy. Not people, but demonic forces. Ready for everything that you have. See your people. Lord, thank you that each individual here has been gifted in such a way that they will bring hope and help. It's a given. It's not I must pray for it, I must it's a given. He's given you gifting for exactly where you are. And what he who's in you is enough. And as you stand here today, you are enough. It's not you need more. Or you've got to be a bit more clean. Or everything's got to be in order. And uh, I've got to give up my habits. It's, it's As you are, just go and he will use you in a whole new way. Father, I want to ask anybody here who is not well, bodies, minds, will you come with healing? Whoa, throughout this place. Well, you know, if there's something wrong with you, just say, Lord, I'm in this waterfall of your presence. Now heal me now heal me, now heal me, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit come. I'm going to ask Paul to come and commission you, because this is a new day for you as a church, and commission you from what I said into prayer. And it's like being out in the world and being salt and light there. You know why? Why? Because we can, because he said we are salt and light, we're the city on a hill. It's not we must go and try and be, we just are. But we've got to get that into our minds. This is what I am, I'm the head, and I'm not the tail. People may treat me like the tail, but I'm the head. And it's not arrogance, we come with great humility, but it's an authority in us. We're on a rescue mission. Father, I want to ask that you you sweep over each one such an evangelistic zeal, a zeal for your kingdom, a zeal for people who don't know you, a zeal for the lost, for those who are hurting, for those who have nothing, for a zeal for people without hope. Father, will you come in a whole new way, for a whole new season, for this part of the church? In East Sussex, Lord, in Jesus'
0: name. Excellent. I remember a really good uh, preach that I heard, um, and it was about uh, Jesus is the chief shepherd. Um, Therefore, he's the senior pastor of Kings, and I'm an under-pastor. I'm associate pastor to Jesus here. But when Jesus was here on the earth in the flesh, this is what he said. And uh, I feel I've got his, uh, his authority to commission you and say this in exactly the same way as he said it to 12 uh, disciples. So it says in Matthew 28, and uh, so Jesus said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So I sort of say, on Jesus' behalf, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples in Hastings, in Orr, in Hollington, in Silver Hill, in Central St. Leonard's, in Rye, in Battle, in the villages surrounding right the way up to Hawkhurst. Go and make disciples in all of these places. Baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And the senior pastor, the chief shepherd says, and I am with you always. To the very end of the age. And I, I just want to reinforce it, this isn't a command to me, it's a command to you. It's not Paul as, as, as lead elder, go make disciples, it's, it's King's church, go make disciples. Teach them. About Jesus. Go, teach them about Jesus. Tell them your Jesus stories. Go baptise them. Go pray that they would be full of the Holy Spirit. Lead them into all truth. The things he's done in you, share with them. We are, I believe, on the um, uh, fresh opportunity. We've been nicely thinned out. And when you thin a plant out, you're thinning it out so it'll be more fruitful, that it will grow increased. We've been pruned back. That, for some of us, change your thinking. I've been pruned for new fruitfulness. I've, we've been brought back in order that we can spread out again and bear more fruit for God's glory. And I just ask right now, Holy Spirit, would you settle upon us?